This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day, as this will be airing the day after. I hope you found love. And if you didn't find love, I hope you curled up with a good book, be it pornographic or not. But I'm doing a show today because I, I really I want to do something a little bit out of the usual for this program, something a little bit uplifting. And I can think of no better guest for an episode. Um, I've really been thinking about it for a while now because I think there's a, a problem with isolation, with resentment, with ignorance when it comes to relationships, especially in this space. Um, I see a lot of depressing tweets out there and thoughts out there, and hopefully this episode is going to help to get some people to be, I guess, less than the, the bitter husks we are so often known as. But if not, we'll still have a good time. So I'd like to welcome in Josie Glayback, the red-headed libertarian. Uh, Josie is a mother of three, Tim Cass News compu- uh, contributor who had fled from Massachusetts to Florida in 2022. She is, uh, of course, as I said, the redhead libertarian on Twitter and uh, shit posts and educates with the best of them with equal aplomb. Uh, much much uh, Twitter spaces being hosted here about revolutionary history and uh, other good things. So, Josie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. God, you know, do you, oh, I just realized my speakers were all messed up. Well, that should be, that should sound better now. Okay. Uh, my mic, hold on. I love it. I love when, when things just don't quite go right. All right, there we go. So now it should sound quite a bit better, hopefully. I uh, apologize for that. Um, I wanted to start off with, but you know, before we get into this uh, topic of, as I've termed it, love, lust, and liberty, I wanted to run by the State of the Union, see what your thoughts on that were. I know you were watching it. I also <laughs> tried to watch. I had, uh, I had to defend my own State of the Union. My wife was at work, so I had to maintain a union of watching the kids here. But, you know, what were your thoughts when you were watching it? Uh, <laughs> did you enjoy it? Do you think that Biden held it together? <laughs> he was definitely on something. I don't know what. But he uh, <laughs> he was he was juiced out of his mind. Um but it was a lot of gaslighting, and I kind of expected expected that to happen. So I, I wasn't yeah. surprised. It was going exactly the way I thought it was going to go. There was the stuttering and the stammering and people applauding, even though they couldn't exactly tell what he said. And um, it, yeah, just a lot of a lot of gaslighting. I appreciated uh, McCarthy's deadpan for a lot of it. That was mm-hmm. that was kind of the highlight of it. Um, yeah, no no speeches being ripped up in the background, the State yeah. of the Union Pelosi style. Yep. None well, I did think it was interesting. You know, I, I just watched a highlight reel. I didn't get to watch the entire hour. But one of the things that always drove me insane is the incessant clapping that always happens from the party in power. 
And I got to say, I enjoyed a little bit more of the parliamentary aspect. You know, you think about the British Parliament. These people are always screaming at each other. And it makes for much more entertaining political theater, for sure. There was a lot more of that. You know, I remember it, that Barack Obama moment where somebody yelled out liar, but it was uh, a lot more jeers in there. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, they they act as if nobody's ever jeered at a State of the Union before. And that, I mean... Right. How many did Trump have? Like, when, like he was jeered at constantly. They were interrupting. They were booing. Like there was constant, you know. And and it's like, but all that gets washed out, and it's like pearl clutching. Like, yeah, somebody jeered. Somebody, somebody was awful to President Biden. It was so disrespectful. Like Adam Kinzinger, I think, talked about um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, like booing him or saying something, and he was just beside himself that that could have possibly happened. And he's like, but she won't be punished. And it's like, you know what? If, if it violated decorum, then kick her out. But if it didn't, then, you know, that's free speech and right. she can do whatever she wants. Right, exactly. And then, of course, mm -hmm. you've got the people on the left that are, you know, maybe they're not explicitly uh, screaming. And as you said, they did it to Trump. But, you know, they've spent the last few years of Trump's, uh, Trump's reign trying to call him a Russian asset, you know, encouraging their supporters to call him Nazis and all this stuff. It's like, let's not pretend here, as you said. Let's not clutch pearls too tightly. But <laughs> exactly. I mean, there were some things that that stood out to me um, in that State of the Union. You know, obviously the the talk of the oil companies taking massive profits really got under my skin because Biden even addressed the issue where they said, "Look, we don't want to we don't want to reinvest in making more capacity here because we don't think we're going to be around. You're continuously attacking us." And then he says, "Well, you know, I, I think that's nonsense because I told them oil is going to be around for the next ten years," which got a pretty big laugh from the crowd and appropriately so. And, you know, it was interesting to see him address a, I guess, a criticism and to hear the outright laughter from the crowd. So, I mean, what, are there any other moments you can kind of think of like that, where it was just so outlandish what he was saying compared to the response? I actually, I appreciated that he actually said uh, oil is going to be around for at least 10 more years because you, you can't just stop everything and make everything electric. You can't do that. That that's not pragmatic. That's not possible. Um, and I appreciate that. I'm like, he's this is like the one time he told the truth in this whole thing, and people like <laughs> lost their minds. It's like, well, well, you you literally you can't like we we don't even have like think about construction vehicles, for instance. Like you're just all of a sudden they're electric. You know, yeah. like there's 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 gotta be a process to these things. You can't just stop drilling oil and then let it work itself out. That's not the way that it works. And I, I appreciated that one part that actually stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I guess to me, what was what cracked me up was that, you know, he says at least 10 years, but and I'm thinking from the oil perspective from these producers, you're like, okay, well, 10 more years, how much, I mean, getting your capacity ramped up, developing a new oil well, drilling mm -hmm. and all that stuff, that takes, you know, especially years. with regulations, years and years and <laughs> years, years. Yeah, and it's years, like, yeah. <laughs> you're not yeah. giving us much of a guarantee, Joe. To exactly. your point, it does, it does rub in though that there's no way. I mean, our energy grids, you can't operate them. There's not enough, you know, fossil fuels have to be the battery backbone, you know, the yeah. quote unquote battery. There's just no way. So yeah, yeah. that was pretty interesting. I also uh, I also enjoyed his calling out uh, somehow trying to associate Paul Pelosi as a victim of the of January sixth attacks. <laughs> I laughed. I, I was like, "What?" I'd like I, I rewinded it and was like, "We got to watch that again." Like, like those <laughs> the gymnastics he made to get to that point. Like the yeah. way that he did it, I, I had to listen to it like two or three times before I'm like, "Yeah, he did that." He did that. And he said that the guy was in there shouting, stop the steel rhetoric or something like that. And it was mm -hmm. 
that didn't happen. There's no evidence of that at all. But he he made him into a J6 victim. That way they had a, a political violence against somebody. It was it's epic gaslighting. Epic. Yeah. Like, yep. It is. I mean, it's amazing how January 6th, you know, 9-11, of course, a tragic event. Don't get me wrong, but is used by the state as this never forget justification for keeping all of these various programs in place that spy on us and crush our civil liberties. Never forget January 6th is very clearly that for the Democrats in their exercises to go after extremists, to blame Republicans uh, for anything and anything out there. So yeah, you can see why they're clinging to it with both hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's their civil war. It's it's their it's their big deal. It's it's their moment and they got to clutch to it and bring it up at every single chance they get. Yeah. You know. What did what did you think about Joe Biden's uh, unhinged? And it's funny, I was looking at the highlights on, on PBS NewsHour had a, a clip and I noticed that they did not have, at least that I could see, the comments that Joe Biden made about uh, Xi Jinping and how uh, you know, no president would trade places with a Chinese premier. I mean, that was one of the most bizarre parts that of was, the speech. That, that didn't make any sense at all. I was thinking like, there, there are people that would trade places with him. Like, what? Yeah. Like, of course, I, there's, I there's other dictators. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I go rule and make it better over there. Like, <laughs> like what? And it was, and everybody was just dead silent, you know, because nobody really understood it, but nobody could really say, okay, he's, he's off, he, he's, he's out of his mind right now. They just kind of just sat there, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody's yeah. got a blow dart behind a screen, and they got to shoot him full of another gram of meth. You know, just yeah. Some, <laughs> oh, oh I don't thank know God. What was? Yeah, he wasn't really blinking the whole time. He was just like going, 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 going. Like he was in right. the zone. <laughs> well, I love too that you know he says that weird line, and then he he like was doubling down and screaming about it. You know, it, was, it kind of reminded me of. Norm Macdonald, you know, mm. very one of my favorite comedians of all time. He would tell a joke on Saturday Night Live and then it would bomb and he would turn to another camera and tell it again. You know, it was like <laughs> Joe Biden used the exact same approach with that, that line about China. Norm Macdonald, rest his soul. He was one of my followers. Oh, really? He was uh, a fan. Yeah. Oh, I loved him. I absolutely, absolutely loved him. He's yeah, the I'm, best. I'm I, I still... Let me ask you this, because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was a long joke, but you never know with Norm. You know, half the time he would make jokes on Twitter. Half the time he would just legitimately give you play by play of, of like golf a tournament. A golf tournament. Exactly. <laughs> it was just a, it's just what he liked to do. And I, I don't know if it was like a long game joke for him or if it's just something he enjoyed and was like, all right, let's let's, you know, live tweet this golf game. Yeah. Like, that is on brand for him being hilarious. Right, exactly. You're like, I, you literally just don't know. It's kind of like, you know, Michael Malice controls sometimes. And you're like, oh, okay, I think he's trolling, but maybe he's not trolling. Yeah, it just throws you off. And was, yep. you know, sadly, he died without ever giving us the uh, the truth of the matter. Um, last couple things just on the State of the Union, and then we'll move on to the, uh, the main course here. Keith Olbermann had tweeted out, as a cynic that this, And he says, as a professional cynic, that this was the best State of the Union speech he has ever heard a president give. Do you agree? No, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not. Honestly, he's not a very good speech giver. Like if you want to talk about someone who can give a good speech or can talk well, you have Obama or you have W. And those are two guys that knew how to talk. Um, Definitely not the best speech I've ever heard, like especially with, you know, the epic amount of gaslighting. But. No, of course not. That's that's ridiculous, you know, but these people like see Joe Biden as like a god and they have to worship him and you know like there's that um one of the one of the main trolls used to be a Trump troll uh defiant 
Defiant, I think is his name. Uh, Yeah, he's one of the like major trolls. He's been to the White House and stuff, but he tweeted (laughs) out like this. He calls him Dark Brandon, and like it's like supposed to be a flattering nickname, and it's like no. Yeah, that's Dark Brandon Rising. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I've seen a lot of people, and this was the reaction today, saying that, well, number one, I guess he said folks about 800 times during the speech. This is how Joe Biden connects with the common man that he's screwing over with inflation and everything else. Yeah, folks, say folks. And, and of course, calling people dog-faced pony soldiers. But <laughs> I, 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 people were talking about this, and there's legitimately, I saw on Twitter, talk about how likable he is. Oh, my God, he's so likable. This man, He has charisma and I mean, you've got to live in a different dimension to think that he's got charisma in any way. He comes across as this doddering psychopath, almost like, you know, old man yells at Cloud, Cloud. or uh, Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> there's there's nothing endearing about him, especially given, you know, anything that, that you know about him. If you watch him talk, if you watch how um, he, he's a good, uh, he's good at politicking. You know, he's been, he's a career politician, so he's a good talker, but people, people look for like a father figure. I'd actually predicted yep. that he was going to be in office uh, January 9th, 2019. It's my pin tweet. Um, I predicted it was going to be him and Kamala Harris. Mm. And it was based on nostalgia of the Obama era, you know, and, but they needed to, to, to mix it up too with, with a non-white woman. So, you know, that, yeah. that was, I was like, this is going to happen. You know, I got to read the room here. Um, but yeah, they, they got him in there because they wanted people to remember the good old days of Barack Obama, which were not the good old days, but you know, people kind of, um, they, they, they look at the past in, in an endearing way. Yeah. For whatever do you, do you think that Obama's pulling the strings? That's been the, the rumor that he's the secret power behind Biden. Do you think there's truth to that? Um, I think he's probably, um, an advisor on whatever, on whoever is, is cause it's not Biden. Biden's too dumb and old and senile to be doing any of this. There is advisors. I just don't know who they are um, that are guiding this for sure. Absolutely. There's the, they talked about it in the the cabal of elites. They talked about that in the Mm -hmm. time magazine article, you know, so there is other people like being running America right now. I just don't know who they are. Yeah. Well, you know, what's kind of funny too, just to wrap it up on Biden, you know, as you said, when you get to know anything about him, he clearly is unlikable, corrupt. And above all else, you talk about the gaslighting, you talk about him taking credit for this, the nonsense and telling us things we know aren't true. The amount of lies he's been caught in over the years. I mean, right now, the Republicans are talking about possibly, you know, taking action against George Santos, who, you know, it clearly is a liar. He clearly has made up a lot of his achievements. You know, one of the funnier tweets about uh, coming out of the NFC championship game between the Eagles and the 49ers that George Santos was listed as the 49ers third string quarterback, you know, but then you look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden has lied just as much as Santos. He's lied about his career. He's lied about law school. He's lied about his upbringing. He's lied about his military. So he's I mean, legitimately, everything he said is a lie. And yet. We don't see the same outrage. We don't see the same calls. Not to defend uh, Santos, by the way, but it's a little bit hypocritical. Politicians lie. They lie. They lie Mm -hmm. about it. Like, look at Blumenthal lied about his military service, you know, like Mm -hmm. politicians lie. Um, And it's, it's, you got to be, most of them are raging narcissists and you got to be a level of narcissistic to think that you can change the world. Like there's in, in this way, you know, get into an office and change the world that way. There's got to be a level of narcissism there. And narcissists will lie and lie and lie. And, you know, politicians lie. It's like, so is this a precedent you want to set about a liar? Because 
there's a lot of them. <laughs> you're going to have to yeah. gut everybody if you're going to punish him for this. Yeah. Well, here's a little bit of a transition to our next topic then. Do you think, from your experience in, liber- in the libertarian movement, right? Because I want to talk about this because I, I do think it's interesting to get into experiences, especially experiences from women. But um, do you think that we could use more narcissists and that we need that to help lead our party into the next uh, a next evolution do you think that we need more passion or do you think that there are plenty existing in the movement right now but we just don't know how to play the game <laughs> we do not know what we're doing um <laughs> you don't need a narcissist to be a politician it's better to not have one um but we we have we have no idea what we're doing um but I, I think that if we start at a state or a local level, then we're going to start seeing a change gradual because like the communists that infiltrated America, you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. You can't just jump right into the, you know, president. Like you got to, you got to start down and work and work and work and get into, you know, the school committees and the town councils and the sheriff's offices and get into those places. And then from there you work up to a state level and you get into the, the state politics. And then from there you can work up and get into federal and uh, fe- federal politics from there. That's, that's just I, my I idea. Agree. <clears throat> I agree completely. I, you know, that's, we talk about the, uh, the Fabians and these group that basically has helped the left to infiltrate everything. And they, they use that method, you know, it's bottom up. And I think that libertarians to your point should do the same thing. You Absolutely. know, I think we're wasting so much time and money on these big campaigns. We have no chance of winning when, as you said, you can run for sheriff. You can find open positions in your local races that nobody's running for and just take them. And now you have experience politically and now you've clout, you know, and, and use that to get forward. So exactly. I agree exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into, uh, as I've termed, love, lust and liberty. So starting off. You know, I, I just want to know, so coming in as a woman into the movement, right? It's long been a uh, criticism of libertarianism that we don't have many women for good cause. Now, I think that's changing. And I'm curious to see if, if you agree that we're getting a, a much larger influx now than previously from what I can see. But do you think there is a barrier coming in to libertarianism? You know, do you feel that when, when you're coming in? Also, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how you came to the movement and your genesis of, of coming around to, to libertarian thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my genesis, I can start there. Um, I didn't, I, I, I never really fit in anywhere ideologically. And I found Ron Paul in 2012. And I'm like, okay, these are my people. Cool. Um, and I still, I went the next um, six years, just still not being able to talk to anybody, not feeling relatable, not um, not being able to feel like I had a voice. And so I had a friend, uh, recommend that I jump on Twitter and, you know, try to find, a, you know, I'll have people to talk to on there. I'm like, okay, cool. So I got on Twitter. I followed, um, you know, Rand Paul, Ron Paul, Justin Amash, Thomas Massey. The Lions of Liberty. Yep. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, obviously <laughs> I got on, I, I followed, you know, all, all the, all the big, all the big players. And, um, then I, I comment on their things and my following started to grow and grow and grow. Um, and at this point, I actually, I didn't have a picture of myself. I, I kept, I didn't have a picture of myself for almost a year because um, I just was there for my, my thoughts. I didn't mm-hmm. think it ever, I, I'm, I was there more as like a listener, I guess. I didn't ever, I didn't see this coming at all. I, I did not see what I've built coming at all. Like I, I could not have imagined it. Um, I just, just wanted like, give like maybe a hundred friends to talk to, um, but people kept noticing and kept following and following. I mean, I had 5,000 followers within three weeks. Um, yeah. And nobody'd seen my face. Like, so they're all there for my ideas. I'm like, okay, this is good. You know, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. The first day I showed my face 
about a year in, I had somebody like, because I hadn't put any protections up. I was just, I'm just a person on the internet and, you know, there's pictures of me everywhere and whatever, you know. Um, I actually had somebody like take my picture and reverse Google search it and find out that I had been a model and an actress at one point. Mm. And so then they thought either I'm I'm an actor, paid actor, or yeah. um, I, I'm catfishing. Like it, it could not have been that I was just interested in the liberty movement. So they 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 like doxed me on that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm pulling that down. I'm just no more pictures again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something that women in the liberty movement deal with is um, being being a catfish, being a fed, you know, being stuff like that. I, I've, I've established myself by now. I still see it happen with women. And I do see women that are bad actors on there. Yeah. Um, and I disassociate from them immediately. Um, but there are there are great there are great women voices on there. Like I have many friends in the, in the Liberty movement who are women and they might not have large followings like I do, but they still have great ideas and they mm. still serve a purpose. And uh, I, I like the way that the movement's going. I like that it's, um, it's, it's gearing toward like femininity, which I think is important. I think that that's how we, we fight. The feminist movement is with femininity. Mm. And I think that the feminist movement is one of the, the most dangerous things that are happening right now. And I say feminist, I don't mean like, you know, uh, you mean you mean like eight, eight, the eighth wave feminism that's going exactly on right whatever yeah. whatever the heck is happening now um, <laughs> that's the most dangerous thing that's happening right now um, and mm-hmm. I think that the way to fight that is with uh, is is with femininity and I think that the libertarians are kind of gearing that way too like women in the home mothers you know things like that um, and you know kind of getting back to those those kind of classic roots because um, like I, I call myself a bill of rights libertarian so getting back to to that constitution the bill of rights um and just g- going from there moving forward that way yeah you know it's funny so i remember we did an event uh this is several years ago we used to do events with uh liberty on the rocks which is a great organization that's still around but uh hello mm-hmm. um sergio used to be out here in la where i live and we did these events and i remember dave smith came out and it was me dave smith and i think jason stapleton mm-hmm. but we got to this beautiful venue in hollywood we walked up, you know, to the top level, and there were these two very attractive ladies sitting at the bar. And my first thought was, these girls are in the wrong place. They, you know, they don't realize that there's a libertarian meeting coming here. But, but that gives you an indication of where the mindset was, uh, of you know, I guess a few years ago, even for, even with me, where it's just as surprising to see women, let alone attractive women, be interested in this libertarian space. It just was unusual, and. You know, to that, to your point about coming in and, you know, posting the picture and people thinking that, you know, instantly you're a fed or a plant. I guess I, because uh, I had a note about this exact topic. It's a little bit, I guess a lot bit of a catch 22 in that if you are somebody that is a, you know, a woman, especially an attractive woman in the space, you might have an advantage in that people are going to go, oh, wow. This is very unusual to see this, you know, wow. So you can attract a lot of followers, but you will have that instantaneous response of she's here for the grift, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and, and it's just, I mean, I, and so if you have additional thoughts on that, I'd love to hear them. And then also I'd love to talk about, you know, some of these newer people that have just come in the space, you know, there's one gal I, and I can't remember her exact Twitter handle, but you know, yoga, yoga pants, Liberty girl, I'll just call her that. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear, you know, what your thoughts are on that and you know how it's how we can combat it how we can understand it how people can kind of net negotiate around it so that we're not driving people away with our responses while still 
you know, being somewhat responsible in, in who we're following. Uh, this girl, I, I, uh, I disassociated from her. I told her I was done with her. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I literally, I haven't, I don't cut a lot of people off anyway. Yeah. I don't cut a lot of people off, but when I cut them off, it's a big deal. Um, interesting. yes, okay. I cut her off. She started associating with people who have doxxed me in the past. So I, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause there's, there's different sec, uh, factions of the Liberty movement. Um, and I, and, and she, she was first, she came out against Mises, the Mises caucus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she, then she challenged my friend Clint to a debate on that. And she, that, she made yeah. a fool of her. Um, and, uh, then, then, then she kept like doubling down on this, on, on, on Clint and then was attacking him over like the Eliza stuff. And, uh, it just, she just. She's she's there for the grift. Like she's there to get attention. Yeah. She wants followers. She said that actually that that she wants attention. She said that in the debate with him. Um, and I think that there's just some I don't know bipolar. There's borderline personality. I don't know. There's some kind of mental thing there that I don't want any part of. But then she started associating with this this fringe group of libertarians that I do not associate with. And so I'm like, all right, like if you're associating with them, then I'm cutting you off too. And that's what I did. Um, I, I got rid of her and I haven't thought of her, brought her up anything since then. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's her loss at this point. Yeah. I think she'll probably, uh, you know, burn out, fade away pretty quickly. I, I if she gets to, in to the credit. Yeah. If she gets in with these people, she will, because they're all canceled already. They're all I mean, yeah. canceled in the best possible way because you don't dox people. Like, you know, how can oh, you yeah, trust exactly. somebody? How can you trust somebody that, that, that puts something you don't want online onto Twitter and make it public and talk about it? Like you can't trust somebody. So it's like, if, 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 if people lose respect for you because of that, that's on you. That's, mm-hmm. that's not on the person who, who called you out on it. That's on you. Like nobody can trust you. Nobody like and then you lose your followers when when you lose your trust with them. So she wants to associate with those people. All the more power to you, girl. Like rock yeah. on. Like I will not be paying attention to that. Yeah. So I mean, I that's, think that's. I guess that's to the it, to the credit of of what's going on in the space is that mm-hmm. you know it, while you can get the followers quickly, that people will say, you know, this is this is nonsense. I'm not just going to follow this person because I'm. But she I'm doesn't have good ideas. You know, it's not no, like well, it I've never seen a good idea. That's what it seemed like. You know, I, I gave her a cursory glance when this is all coming about. And, you know, I, and I was, you mentioned Clint. I was texting with Clint uh, about mm-hmm. uh, Eliza a little bit. But then I noticed when I got into it with her. And I'm like, oh, boy, Clint's in it with all the – he's in. The, he's like in the, at the nexus of all the uh, the Liberty scandals right now. But um, I do think that it's interesting that people are, saying, are able to separate wheat from the chaff. And they're not as desperate as maybe they used to be for affection and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what is, what was your experience coming in? Did you have bad experiences at all with people making uncomfortable advances in oh, your yeah. DMs online? I mean, cause I'm, I'm curious to hear about this and if it's better or worse than you would experience anywhere else, if you think it's par worse, men or men, or if there's a problem that we need to address and give people a little bit of advice on hey, how to be less creepy. Oh, like Jordan Peterson said that Twitter and social media. He hit on you? No, no, no. What a pervert. (laughs) He is one of my followers, though. I adore him. (laughs) But um, he he said that uh, social media is just the hub for people who are uh, narcissistic and uh, sociopathic and psychopathic um, and Machiavellian. Um, It's it's. These these people will come to places like like Twitter where they can talk without really having to be accountable for things. Um, so as a woman, I I get a lot of I get I get hit on a lot. 
Um, my DMs are absolute cancer. It is harem mm. in there. Um, yeah, you can check your DMs like the people you talk to, and then you can do message requests. I rarely check my message requests because yeah. it's, it's mostly um, pictures. Mm. Mm, yeah, uh, I don't click on the pictures. It's just mostly you don't pictures. you don't do the ratings just uh, just a once in a while. Ah, no. yeah, four. Look at it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, if it's a picture, I don't click on it because it's hundred percent of the time. I it, I know what's behind that picture. Meanwhile, um, your poor grandma thinks that you're cutting her off. She's like, I sent her my best casserole. She never got <laughs> back to me. I don't know what's wrong with this girl. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Meme is not on Twitter. Oh, is, I mean, is it random people that are for the most part? Is it is it people in the you know what's the breakdown of people in the liberty space versus the other space? And also, you know, beyond pictures, is there just an awkward you know? trying to hit on you despite oh, the yeah. fact that they know you've got a, a family yeah yeah I, I get hit on all the time um so so i'll get i'll get dm messages you know people are complimenting me and that's it's nice you know i usually i try to write thank you back you know um i try to talk to as many people as i can that's something that i do that's a little different um i try to to converse with as many of my followers as i can if they respond to me i'll 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 either like it or i'll say something back to them that's like such an important part of this for me. So a lot of people see if I follow them back or if I like something or if I comment on something, they see it as an invitation to go into my DMs and hit on me or or do something like that. Um, And I think it's just, you know, people, you don't see a lot of friendly women that are just, you know, like you. And so, but I I talk to everybody. So it's not, I'm sorry, probably not special if I commented on your stuff. Right. Well, this is what I wanted to get into though. I mean, I think this is kind of the crux of what I wanted to get into on this Mm -hmm. show. You know, we're saying we're doing a Valentine's episode and a lot of people, you know, and I, I, I'm apologies to all our listeners out there who are, are not, you know, people that might be a little bit more social isolated. I'm sure many people out there listening to the show are playboys. And I know a lot of you have families out there, but there's a lot of you that don't. So, this is what I want to get into is a little bit more of like, hey, how can we how can we help people out there to find a little bit more love, to to have a little bit more success and and to be, as I said, a little less creepy. I mean, like you said, it's not an invitation if somebody responds to you one time to suddenly jump into their DMs and start hitting on them. It's it, number one, your success rate is going to be unbelievably low. And number two, it's it, it's presumptively, uh, I guess, not misogynistic, but. It's just, it's, it gives off an ick factor that I don't think these people understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best way to, to move forward and find love is to, uh, for one, I mean, you got to start with finding somebody you're compatible with. And so if it, politics is a big one right now, you're going to find mm-hmm. a lot of psychos, a lot of psycho women out there right now because women tend to lean left. Um, so, you know, it does bring your pool down very small. Because there aren't a lot of libertarian women. And I can actually get into uh, a poll that I did actually when I first started my account. Um, but there's not a lot of libertarian women. So I understand yeah. that the poll's small. You got to shoot your shot where you shoot your shot and uh, hope that you find a woman that's like minded like you. But I had done a poll earlier when I first started my account and I used the uh, Myers Briggs personality test, right? Mm-hmm. So I am an INTJ, and this is rare. This is one of the most rare personalities, and it's the most rare in women. Um, only 2% of women are this, right? And so I, I polled Twitter and the libertarians, because by this time I did, I might have had like a 1,000 followers. And I polled them, and I was like, all right, what's your personality type? Half of them were INTJ. Mm-hmm. Half the libertarians <laughs> are INTJ. Half. And this is a minute percentage of people but when you're a libertarian it comes like it's pragmatic thinking it's logic it's reason um and so it's like okay well 
well, that makes sense, you know, like, so, so we're just this, we're a fringe factor here in the political sphere. So I thought that was really interesting, but yeah, it brings your dating pool down really small when you're a man looking for a woman because so many women are insane. Women are. Insane. Yes, that's true. I mean, even my Crazy. wife who's a wonderful woman. She's yes. insane. Yes. But, and, and I'll say this, she's, so my wife is, she's, and I didn't find this out until actually we were well into our relationship because mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really talk about politics really early on, to be honest. And I, mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that because that the dating pool is very small if you're just going after people that are ideologically in lockstep. And I think that, yeah. you know, while my wife is a libertarian, she doesn't want to talk to me about libertarianism. Um, at all, you know, she'll, she'll kind of rant about stuff that's going on taxes and whatever the state of the union. And we'll talk a little bit, but for the most part, she does not listen to the podcast. She does not want me to go into deep into philosophy. She's not reading any Rothbard. Yeah. She's just a natural libertarian. Yeah. However, I, you know, many, before I met my wife, dated many women from all over the political spectrum, and we just never got into it that deeply. I would tell them I'm a libertarian, but I wouldn't go deep into it. And by the, the way, politics. am I coming through Am what? I coming through okay? Because I was having an issue with my internet earlier. Oh, no, I no. Okay? I can hear you fine. It cut out a couple times, but not enough where it even affected me being able to hear okay. you. Okay, great. Yeah, so you're driving perfect. me insane. Okay. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that, though? Should If you're a guy trying to find a gal in our space, should you just shut up a little bit, which is not easy for libertarians to do, right? You know, you want to show off your massive throbbing brain uh, veins and- mm-hmm. It's hard for people to hold back. No, I I, I get that for sure. Um, it, it is it is hard as a as as a libertarian to to shut up about things. But you know, eighty percent of the population aren't really that political. So yeah. so while you want to find someone like minded, want to find a libertarian, you're going to have some luck in the eighty percent too. Most of those people don't really pay attention. They don't have any idea who Alex Jones is. They 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 don't know. They're just. They don't know who Eliza Blue is. They they don't know. They're just kind of there to watch the news and then be with their families and work their job. And so you'd have you you'd have some luck if you just you know looked outside libertarian too and probably find someone. But yeah, women as a, as a whole are pretty crazy, and especially with the the talking points, the MSN talking points. A lot of that's parroted when it comes to whether it's abortion or trans children or anything like that. Um, and so it's like, you don't want to find someone stupid, but everybody who repeats those talking points are stupid. So then you're dealing with that on top of it, you know? So, so yeah, I, the, it's hard to find to, for the dating pool. Like I, I feel for, I feel for men that are libertarians for sure. Well, let me ask you this one. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, hey, here we go. I'm already matching the title of the episode, how to stalk your libertarian prey with the redheaded libertarian. <laughs> if you were, let's say you're a good actor. Mm-hmm. You're you're just a guy looking for love. You're not a, a pervert creep. You're not going to drop any any dick pics in the DMs. How would you go about? Let's say you know you're you're fairly isolated. You know maybe you'll see, see some people at a convention, but let's say you're a little bit of a shy person, and and the online world is domain. How would you go about reaching out to somebody? Like let's say you were still uh, you know back in your younger years. How would you go about reaching out to somebody like yourself? How would I go about reaching out to myself? If you're, let's say you're a man, how would you, okay. how would you break through? If you're a good dude and you're just trying to use, you, let's say you meet you in the, in the perfect narcissistic fantasy, you know, where we meet, we meet our, our mirror version of ourselves <laughs> and it's an opposite sex. How would you, or same sex, let's not, you know, uh, how would you go about wooing you? What re- recommendations would you make to people out there? Now, what is do you this think would work? before or after the internet? 
Because I'm a zennial, so. This is, okay, yeah, I know. This is, I was also, a, I didn't have a, an internet for very many years. Yeah. This is with internet. Let's say it's current day, but you're, you're a younger version of yourself in the current day. Um, I would reach out and maybe ask them something like-minded or ask them something like, do you want to do my podcast? You know, that that's a way to do it. You know, that's a way to kind of be like, I'm interested in talking to you and hearing your opinions and that sort of thing. That would be kind of the equivalent of, you know, going out on a date almost, I guess, if you yeah. think about it that way, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, so, so that'd be, that'd be a smooth way to do it. Um, it, I think that's know, the entirety of Reed Coverdale's podcast. I'm pretty sure you yeah. built the, the entire thing around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so something, something like that, like, I want to get to know your ideas, your thoughts, you know, women, women want to feel heard. Um, and not, not just, not just seen because like, like I, 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 the biggest compliment someone can give me is on my intelligence, not on, not on the way I look. Um, right. So that's yeah. Just, like starting off with like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that does switch it right off. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I want to hear like, I really like this idea. I heard you talk about this concept. You know, I really enjoyed your space on the Boston Tea Party, like any, anything like that. And, you know, these are the points that I liked. I thought that this was really good. So, so complimenting my brain is that's the way in. Um, and I guess, you know, if, if I represent libertarian women, then that's the way in for them too. You know, with women want to hear about their intelligence. They don't really want to hear about their looks, but looks is tends to be the first thing. Cause it's a compliment. It's the way to get in there. It's something superficial that you can be like, you have beautiful eyes and it's like, all right, thank you. You know, and then it's just like, where do you go from there? You're right. kind of like already behind at that point. And dot, dot, dot and hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's, it's flattering. It's always flattering to get a compliment and anyone who turns down a compliment or feels offended by a compliment, I think that they're probably communists, but, um, <laughs> you know, compliments are really nice. I do enjoy them. Um, but it, it's the way to go about it is to go after intelligence for, for sure. Intelligence, the brain, that's the, that's a sex organ too. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Well, let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say you go, you know, and again, this is going a little deeper on. Let's talk about relationships, right? You've, you've obviously you have three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two myself. What advice do you give to people once they, you know, once they get, get into that relationship to stay together, to, to be happy? I mean, what do you find? What do you find keeps people together? And also, oh, actually, before I get into that, sorry, I wanted to ask you one other thing. I find that when I talk to a lot of libertarians, they have absolute confidence in their intellectual abilities, in their knowledge of libertarianism, and as I said, which is a good thing, you can show that off, mm-hmm. but a distinct lack of confidence in a lot of other realms, a lot of um, a lot of lack of confidence, whether it's in their physical appearance, whether it's in their ability to simply uh, be a human that interacts. And I think that is a major issue. And now, again, I don't know what people are saying in your DMs, but do you agree with that just from what you've seen? Uh, the lack of confidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, um, I'm one of those people when I'm right, I'm right. And I don't even argue with people about it. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm right. Like there's no arguing here. You know, when I'm, when I'm not sure, then I go in and I let people kind of explain things to me, but yeah, I don't, I'm very, very confident in when I'm right. I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it, but, but what I see of other people, and I think a lot of that can go back to the fact that so many libertarians are autistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's autistic. not dance around it. It's yeah, true. We it's, I'm just going to put it out there. Like 
there's yeah. a lot of autism. There was a whole show, a whole dating show about autism, but I think it was in New Zealand. We need to get it <laughs> over here. The Libertarian Party should sponsor it. Angela, are you listening to this podcast? Make it happen. Let's do this. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> autism. So those people will be very smart and very logical and very pragmatic when it comes to their brains, but they they might lack those social cues or they might not you know, see themselves for, for what other people might see them as if they're handsome mm-hmm. or um, good at something else um, because they focus all the, their attention and they're one, you know, they're, they're Murray Rothbard. Like I can quote every book, you know, like, yeah. and so, so that's, that's kind of a, I mean, confidence is very, very sexy. So you want to be, you want to be confident when you're entering the libertarian sphere. Like you want to be confident, know what you're doing and very firm in your beliefs. That's, really really good that's really attractive um and a lot of that can come from your appearance too you can be proud of your appearance there's a lot of men who for instance lift that's mm-hmm. great you know they take care of themselves that's also an attractive feature that's it's another way to like i, I think that's something that attention. is missing a little bit in the space is people yeah. taking taking care to to be groomed uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more i mean if i'm being perfectly honest for what i've seen in conventions you know, it, the libertarian attire is uh, the neck beard, T-shirt yeah. and a hat. And the way that we're fine. getting into femininity, I think we have mm-hmm. to also get into masculinity. Yeah. Because agreed. toxic femininity and toxic masculinity are the absence of both. And in order to fight those things, you need to fight them with femininity and with masculinity. And since those are two, two big pillars and two big roadblocks in freedom right now, that's important for the libertarians to be feminine and be masculine and be that as, as, as big as we can be. Um, and yeah, I think you know, we're getting, we're getting there with femininity, but I think we need to get there even more with masculinity, yeah. um, you know, take care of yourselves, like take exercise and work out and lift and, you know, get there and be masculine, strong, good father, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the it's signals, all, all the traits. Well, it's all the mm-hmm. traits that you want in a good breeding partner. Let's be honest. Exactly. I mean, this is at the end of the day what it's all about. And I, I mean, without a doubt, I think that you're right in that it could, it could really help people. Just to, again, you know, people put so much attention on, you know, I got to learn all these things and libertarian. You know, okay, fine. But yeah, take a little bit of time. You know, your confidence, so much confidence just comes from knowing that you put time and effort into your appearance and some thought into what you're wearing and some thought into how you're looking and the confidence of, being confident in yourself beyond what you're there to talk about beyond a, in, you know, again, libertarian thought, being yeah. confident that you have something else to bring to the table. And I think a lot of the awkwardness comes from that is that these people, and, and again, I get this all the time at conventions when people talk to me, if you go outside of that comfort zone, it becomes very awkward if it hasn't already been awkward very quickly. And if you're a woman and you're not, you know, specifically geared up or you just are into that, it comes across very blatantly as this is somebody who is one dimensional and that's simply not attractive. Yeah. Um, I, if I ever share a picture, it, it gets, you know, a lot of attention, but then I get people in the comments who are like, like, you're just, you're stupid, you know, because for one, they can't, because, because there's been such a, a distance between intelligence and beauty that mm. they can't see that a woman can be intelligent and beautiful. It's got to be one or the other men like they're intelligent women to be ugly and they're beautiful women to be stupid. And that's, that's something we have to get away from, you know? So that's something I'll, I'll be smart. I'll be upfront. I'll be, I'll drag people. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to be. And I'm going to look exactly like myself and I take care of my appearance. Well, and how much I, of that do you think also though, is these, you know, certain people and, and I'll be uh, you know, frank with me. You know, I am, 
I've always been confident. I had to become confident. I told you this. I went bald at like 16. I told you this in my last show. So I had to be confident. <laughs> There's no other yeah. option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that is, you know, going into a room and saying, you know what? I believe I can get anybody in this room, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what you're experiencing of people saying you're stupid when they see you is also that they have already accepted the fact that you are beyond the possibility of them ever getting. So their only option now is to be cruel, is to mm-hmm. build that wall where, well, I'm never going to get her. So I'll make, let's make sure she's never going to give me a, a time of day because I've already ostracized her and, and insulted her. Yes. And I get that from men, but I also get that from women. Women can mm-hmm. be really cruel to other women. And it's not something, and I'd actually, I'd read about it because it's something I've dealt with my whole life, but I've never understood um, why women attack other women. It's, I just don't speak that language. Um, yeah. and so I, I don't, I don't like to do that. Um, I don't like to talk badly about other women, about their appearances. Um, it, it just, it feels really Not low, even Madonna. low tier to me. Can we uh, talk about Madonna? I, uh, yeah, Madonna. I mean, she's a public <laughs> figure. I make exceptions for public figures and politicians, <laughs> but yeah, what is going on with that? I don't know what. Oh, I, it's heartbreaking. It's like Meg She was Ryan's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Gorgeous. She was beautiful in like 2018 and she was aging well. And then I just. She just went like body dysmorphia and on the plastic surgery, it breaks my heart because she was very beautiful, like aging very gracefully. And then just she did the cheekbone thing. And you know what? You can't fake those. Okay. You either have them or you don't. And when you don't have them, it looks, it never looks right. That's what's amazing, right? They keep going back to the well. How many, how many horrible people's faces do you have to see shot full of fillers that look like mutant cat people before Mm -hmm. you go, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Like, what is the, I'm, I need to hear the pitch from these plastic surgeons. It's, it's just body dysmorphia. They're, they're getting rich off a women's failure to see her own beauty. Yeah. Her own natural beauty. And they're like, yeah, you know, I could fix that for you. And it's like, no, you make it worse. And then the women have it and they keep going back because they know it doesn't look good. But they can't say that, so they keep going back. Like, okay, well, let's correct this. Let's thin this out. Let's take a little less out. Or, or they think it does look good. Like you see some of the women with the lip injections. Yeah, it's very uh, obvious lip injections, and they yeah, think the it looks. They think it looks good. They they're convinced that it does because they see thin lips as being bad, and but big, full, thick lips as being good, and so they'll go thicker and thicker and thicker. Yeah. You know, it's in their brain. You know the. the it, it's the dopamine that they get initially and then the dopamine wears off and then they're like, all right, well, I need bigger lips now because I need more dopamine. So it's, it's yeah. a chemical reaction too. I top of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're, I, 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 it's funny. I was looking at somebody and I can't remember who tweeted out, but talking about the dopamine of people being outraged. This is the dopamine of people being injected with freaky substances. And, you know, I, I don't get it either with the big lips. I love, I think thin lips are very attractive. I yeah. think it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm a weirdo, but let's, so let's bring it full circle, right? We've talked about, and I want to hear if there's anything you want to uh, bring up on your own too. I've been kind of prepping you with questions here, but if there's oh, anything I love you want that. to add. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I know, I mean, you make it easy on you. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> but, the way I like to do things. Yeah, yeah, just roll in, you know. But, you know, if there's anything you do want to add, just experientially or just a, a piece of advice you want to lay on people as well. So getting into it, you know, there's there are plenty of libertarians who do have, you know, long relationships, um, there are plenty that that do not, and just and this doesn't have to be libertarian focused. But I'm curious to hear what you think, and I'll give mine as well because my wife and I are 
we're we're beyond 10 years in a relationship. We've been married for six years. So we're doing okay. We should be fine. But I'm curious to, to hear your take on, you know, what makes a good relationship? What's the thing or a couple of things you think really matter more than anything? Communication is number one. Have to be a good communicator. And there's there's no way around that. If you find somebody like-minded, that's even better. Like uh, somebody who can almost read your thoughts. Um, that's, that's, that's even better. That's the, that's the laziest way to communicate. You know, like <laughs> you have someone like your, your, your soulmate for lack of a better word, or, um, you know, your twin flame, something, some sort of person who's just like you. And that's, that's, that's a good way to do it. But communication for sure. You have to have the same goals too. Like when you have to, it's not only about chemistry, it's about compatibility. Mm-hmm. So, so you could have all the chemistry in the world, but if your goals don't align, then that doesn't, that that's sad, you know, that doesn't matter. But so you have to be compatible at the same time. Like you have to agree on how you're going to raise your children. You have to agree on if you're going to go to church, if you're going to uh, homeschool them or, or send them to public school or private school, um, where you're going to vacation, you know, what kind of house you want. You have to be compatible. You have to have those same ideals. And a lot of the world is in chaos because, you know, people are facing more on chemistry than they are on compatibility. Yeah. I, uh, the chemistry thing, I mean, I think people underestimate just how quickly chemistry, especially sexual chemistry, goes away. Mm-hmm. And not to say that it all goes away forever. I mean, it's still there. You still find each other attractive, especially if you do work on upkeeping your appearance, which is, yeah. I think, very important. People let themselves go. And at, you know, so that can work out for some people, but for those that doesn't. But finding somebody that is, without a doubt, somebody you find happiness with at all times outside of a sexuality as in a sexually devoid environment you enjoy spending time with that person mm-hmm. yes but also i think for me the one thing i always tell people like new new couples uh or people that are getting married is and this especially comes important when you have kids as i'm sure you'll you'll uh, back me up here is taking time to try to do things that the other person would appreciate without being asked. And I'm not talking about giving gifts. I'm not talking necessarily about giving compliments. What I'm talking about is in everyday matters. If you see something on the floor, pick it up. If you see dishes in the sink, do them. If you see the bed needs to be made, just things that your partner is going to appreciate that they don't have to worry about. So it feels like you're a team, you know, and I know some people have very distinct duties, you know, and, and my wife and I have that too. I'll clean certain things. She's not going to clean, you know, I'll take out the trash. That's good. But for the most part, we try to be very, we, we both be very hands-on in everything and having that mutual respect and showing, I care about you enough to make sure you don't have to do this shit goes such a long way. And keeping your relationship happy because you don't argue about those stupid little things. Yeah. And you also got to understand their love language. Have you heard about the love languages? Yes. My wife drives me insane with her love language because she says I don't compliment her enough, but I compliment her all the time and she doesn't (laughs) remember a damn one of them. Not a one. Ah, Not a one. I feel your wife. (laughs) I feel her. So yeah, the love languages, they're um, acts of service, like what you were talking about, Um, gift giving. Um, I'm going to see if I can remember them. Um, uh, quality time, Mm -hmm. uh, physical touch. Mm -hmm. What's the last one? Oh gosh. I'm going to forget the last one. 
Oh, I can't God. The last one either. Drive me crazy. Physical touch is very important, though, too. And, and yeah. you know, my wife, just the other day, we went out. Now, now I'm getting dirty. Here's the lust part. Ooh. But we went out. You know, parents, you don't get a lot of time necessarily. And I, my kids, I'm not sure how old your kids are. I have a three-year-old and a, a five-month-year-old. So they're very young. They take a lot of attention. 14, 12, ha- and seven. Okay. So, at least, so you guys, at least you could, you can be like, go off and do your thing, kids. Yeah. Mommy and daddy need to get it on. Well, <laughs> my wife and I went out for, you know, just cocktails, a couple mm-hmm. drinks before whatever. And as I came out to the car, you know, I, I walked up to her and just kind of made out with her real quick, you know, and just that, that little make out, you know, cause now we're at the point you're like scheduling sex and you're so tired. That yeah. little make out really meant that's spontaneous. to her. Exactly. Yeah. The spontaneity is so important. Yeah. And another thing, another love language that somebody added was being seen, just being seen like, and, and that's not, that's like, oh, I remember that you said this. I remember that you enjoy this. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Things like, and I'm like, that's such an important one. Like it was left off the love languages and I still mm-hmm. can't remember the fifth one. But yeah, it was left off completely. So yeah. yeah, I think that that's an important one too. And she probably felt seen, you know, and felt like heard she and did. touched and it was just everything all at once. And that's, that's what women want. <laughs> yes, we're very, exactly. we're, we're really not, we can be insane, but we're not that complicated. We really aren't like we just we just want to be touched and held and loved and you know heard and seen and you know. Well, now you know what's coming in your DMs next. As soon as this episode <laughs> airs next week, well, according to you people, it aired on Valentine's Day or the day after. But yeah, now you know everybody's gonna say, "I see you, I feel I you, I see you, I see you, Josie, <laughs> I feel you." There's all the creepiness. We invited a whole new level. Well, <laughs> Joe, this has been awesome. So like I said, do you have any other anything you want to add at the end of this? Otherwise, I'll just say, you know, let everybody know where they can find you. Obviously, yeah. Timcast, Twitter, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can uh, follow you. And, uh, and thank you. This has been a lot of fun. It, this is everything I had hoped it would be. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. And so, you know, it's just love your spouses, you know, like shoot your shot, like keep... <laughs> Keep keep uh keep doing what you're doing and take care of yourselves and that's that's very important too. Um, I do outside media for timcast.com. That's just podcasts, uh, news, radio, stuff like that. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at trhl official, and you can find me on Instagram, which is non political. My Instagram it's mostly pictures of my cat, but uh, that's Queen Josie K W E E N J O S I E. Um, and then I'm on YouTube at uh, TRHL official as well, or the Redhead Libertarian. I can't remember which, but yeah, you can find me on on YouTube too. And so yeah, that's 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 uh that's me. <laughs> there you go, and I will link to all those in the show notes for the episode as well. So from me, Brian McWilliams, from Josie the Redhead Libertarian, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope this was helpful. Hope you find love and happiness, or at least some confidence, and we will talk to you soon. So from me, signing off for the Lions of Liberty Network, me and a dream, reminding you to keep those electric eyes on me, baby, and keep that ray gun to my head.